Welcome to the Movement Church Podcast. Our vision is to be a movement of people finding their way back to God. For more information about Movement Church, including attending a worship experience, getting connected, or to give online, please visit movementcolumbus.com. All right. Well, hey, I, uh, I felt pretty bad there as, as the question was asked, who, who put up their tree this week? Because uh, the art trips put up their tree this week. And uh, we, we, uh, we tend to do that before Thanksgiving just because life gets crazy. Some of you are judging me, as was mentioned. Others of you are not judging me. Uh, this next thing that I'm about to say will make everyone in the room judge me. Uh, a couple years ago, we got what we considered the dream tree on clearance, uh, right? It's one of those trees. I'm an artificial guy. You're probably judging me for that, too. Now I'm like three steps behind, all right? But uh, we like artificial trees. But there's, there's a certain artificial tree that I think looks very real, something that you can be proud of as a family, right? And so uh, we, I like to have that artificial tree where people are like, oh, what lot did you get that at? And we're like, Walmart. You know, we like to tell them that. So, uh, but but uh, yesterday, we plugged the old tree in. It's pre-lit, and I kid you not, I counted, there were 12 working lights on the tree, right? Uh, it's been going down every year, so we'd add like a strand and, and, and some other lights, and eventually it's to the point where we're like, okay, this isn't working anymore. So uh, yesterday, I went and got uh, everyone in my family who was old enough to operate scissors, a pair of scissors, and we cut the pre-lit lights out of the tree, and it took about an hour, and now all of my kids hate me, and they won't talk to me. Uh, but I just thought, we can go buy lights for like $6. We can't go buy a new tree for $6, right? So that's what we did. That's how we spent our afternoon. You can talk to me later. Talk to my kids if you feel like they need love, okay? But that's how, that's how the art trip spend a Saturday. That's what we do. Uh, let, me, let me shift our focus here so you'll stop judging me to, uh, to the book of Corinthians so you can judge some other people, okay? We've, uh, we've been in a series uh, called Keeping Up with the Corinthians, and the reason that we're in this series, uh, this is a culture that was marked by a lot of different things, uh, a culture that, that didn't trust authority, a culture that struggled with individualism, and honestly, a culture that, that struggled with a lot of different issues of, of sexuality and some different things. Uh, the town of Corinth uh, has two books that are written to them in the New Testament by Paul, and the reason that we're doing this series is because we think a lot of the things that were written to the town of Corinth uh, also apply to our modern culture, right? Where there's a, there's a, a phrase, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but what happened in Corinth does and stay in Corinth because we have this book. And so we've been studying this these last couple weeks, just seeing what we can learn uh, from a, a group of people who were trying to find the tension between their old lives and what it looked like to honor Christ uh, as he was transforming and changing their lives, what it looked like to, to move on from their past. And so we've been in this series uh, a couple weeks ago. We, uh, we did communion. We talked about what it looks like for us to have a proper attitude and reflect the cross day to day and the things that Jesus did on the cross. Uh, last week, Trig took us to a spot where we, we talked about doing everything that we do to the glory of God and letting that be our mindset at all times. And so this morning, we want to uh, jump into chapter 12. And so I want to invite you to, to do that with us. Uh, if you've got a Bible, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You might find that in the table of contents. Maybe there's a Bible underneath your chair, around your chair, behind your chair, somewhere. You've got a, a Bible. We're going to be on page 877. We're going to be in 1 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, and this unique passage talks about spiritual gifts. And so this morning we want to have that conversation. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, page 877. We're going to read some scripture. You can, uh, you can follow along if you're a note taker. We've got some things that we think will uh, be valuable to you today. You can write those down. Uh, but here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4, page 877. It says this, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. 
To one person, the spirit, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. I mentioned that the uh, books of First and Second Corinthians were written to a kind of a group of new believers as this church had been started. Paul had planted this church and then moved on, and he was writing this book uh, back to a group of believers who were really discovering what it looked like to live out their new faith and, and what it looked like to live on mission. And this is a, a key component of what it looks like for us to live for God, to honor God. And so this book goes through some, some very obvious things, and, and chapter 12 here outlines one of them, that we've all been given spiritual gifts. And so if you're a note taker, you, you can write that down, write this down. There are different kinds of, of spiritual gifts. The reason I think that that's important to highlight is because some of us think like there's like two gifts, right? There's like public speaking, and then there's being a musician, and then, and then no one else knows what the other gifts are, right? And so this, this book goes out of its way to kind of highlight those. Not just that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it goes on to, to say these gifts are all from the Holy Spirit. Now, why is that important? Because I think oftentimes we we neglect our gifts. We ignore our gifts. We, we look down on our gifts. We pretend our gifts are insignificant or they don't matter. And we glamorize the gifts of others. And so it changes when a gift is, is from a certain person, right? How many of you probably have, have something that you're still hanging on to because a family member who's passed on gave that to you? And maybe the gift isn't the greatest thing in the world, but it means something because of the person that, that gave it to you, right? When someone that you know loves about you and cares about you, gives you a gift, it, it changes things. It changes the way you treat that gift. So there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. These gifts are all from the Holy Spirit. Here's the third thing I think that we can, we can pull from that passage. We must use our spiritual gifts to glorify God and build the church. In fact, that, that third one's so good. We'll just make that our, our big idea for the day, right? I'm gonna say that again. It's this, we must use our spiritual gifts to glorify God and build the church. Now, we could stop right there. We could, we could write those three things down, and, and maybe we could say, those are, those are really good. I'm just going to meditate on those. I'm going to go out for brunch. I'm going to think about it. Thanks. That was, a, that was a really good day. I feel like I, I got a lot out of that. But this passage goes on, and it kind of addresses some, some things. It answers questions and some things that we've alluded to, because the reality is that, that most of us in some way know that we have a gift, right? I mean, we're, we're probably not neglecting that. We're, we're probably, when pushed to say it, we would say, yeah, I've got a gift, and yeah, I guess it's from God. And, and, and there's even been times that I've seen value in it or I've used my gift and, and yet life happens and, and things change. And, and, and sometimes there, there, there are deeper issues connected to our gifts and there are questions and there are doubts. And so this passage kind of goes on, I think, to really address some of those things. So let's look at this together. It talks about our gifts making up the body of Christ. This is chapter 12, verse 12. It says this, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, 
would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The, hand can't, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all of the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles. Second are prophets. Third are teachers. Then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. There's a lot going on in that passage, and it kind of feels like things are being explained and questions are being answered, and, and some of our own uh, issues or some of our own concerns are really being addressed. Maybe some of the reasons that we've put ourselves on the sidelines, Paul's getting at this, and he's addressing these things to the church in Corinth. We already said that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, and at some points in this passage, it's mentioned that everyone's been given a spiritual gift, and I want to highlight something real quick because I've heard people look at that, and I've heard them specifically say, yeah, everybody's got one gift, and mine's no good, right? And yet there are other times that, that there's a, an S on the end of gifts, right? It's, it's talking about a plurality, and I want you to know that it's my, it's my belief based on Scripture that, that you don't just have one spiritual gift, right? You probably have some things that, 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 that you're good at, that maybe you're known for, that you've always excelled at, but I want you to know that you are not defined by, by one spiritual gift because I look at scripture, I look at the body of Christ, I look at my experience in the church, and I look at what we see here and what we read here, and I want you to know that you've been gifted in multiple things. Yeah, you have that gift that, that's your one gift, right? But that gift doesn't just define you. You have many ways that God has said you can contribute to the church. You can contribute to the body of Christ. You can bless others and you can have impact. And so I want you to know you're, you're not just that one gift. You're not defined by that one gift. You should use that one gift. You have that one gift, but you are many gifts. You're a plurality of gifts. And God has, has made you uniquely with that mix of gifts because he wants you to contribute to the body of Christ. And sometimes we, we compare our gifts, right? I want you to know that your gifts won't look like other people. I think we all know someone that we've always looked up to or, or someone that we wanted to be like. And, and sometimes that happens in our career. Sometimes that happens in school. Sometimes that happens in sports. And if we're being honest, a lot of times that happens in the church world, right? Maybe you've been mentored by someone. You've been discipled by someone. Someone has invested in you or you've seen someone on stage at church or, or different, different scenarios. And you just think, man, I wish I, I had that person's gifts. And I want you to know that 
God gave you the gifts that he gave you with a purpose and your gift isn't going to look like other people's gifts. Sometimes you'll even have the same gift as a person or the the same relative gift and yet it, it will be different, right? I mean, our band is a great example. These are people that we would all call musical, right? And, and yet not everyone up here is a vocalist. Not everyone up here would, would, would be someone that we would say, they've got the kind of rhythm that can drive things and, and they can keep a whole band together, right? Some people are, are not able to do improvisation. Some people maybe can't harmonize in certain ways. Some people are lead vocalists and yet we'd all say they're musical. And so your gifts are not going to look the same. You might... You might have the gift of hospitality, but maybe you're the kind of person that has people over for bonfires and, and you just hand them a, a can of Sprite and you're like, hey, glad you could come over. Here's some Cheez-Its too, right? And, and you make people feel warm and welcome and, and that's fine. And you might also be that person that has people over and you make them like a full Thanksgiving feast and, and you exercise hospitality in that way. Your gifts are not going to look like everyone's gifts or even people that have the same gift. And yet your gift has purpose. Your gift has design. And so we can't play the, the comparison game because our, our gifts are, are different. They're not exactly like everyone else's, and yet they're significant. But when we begin to play the comparison game of our gifts and someone, else, someone else's gifts, I want you to know that, that we're doing something that, that's, that's just not right. We said that there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. We also said that these gifts are from the Holy Spirit. And so when we play the comparison game, we're insulting the Holy Spirit, right? When we, when we compare our gifts or degrade our gifts or say, oh, I wish I had those gifts, we're saying, God, you gave me the wrong gifts. God, you didn't give me the gifts that I needed or my gifts don't quite work. They're not as great as that person's. And, and God's thinking, I don't make mistakes. The Holy Spirit doesn't make mistakes, right? He gave you the exact gift that he wanted you to have. And he gave you the passion that he wanted you to have. And he gave you the resume that he wanted you to have. And he asked you to use those gifts in the way that you're using them, the way that you should be using them. And so that is not a mistake. God gave you the exact gifting that he gave you for a reason. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts but all of these gifts are, are from the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, we can trust that our gifts are significant, right? Our, our gifts are not just like a, a good thing. No, we're made by, by a perfect God. We're gifted by a perfect God. And so you can trust and know that your life and your gifts are a masterpiece, right? I don't, I don't think that we, we often think of ourselves that way. I think that's why this passage has to, has to get at the fact that, that some of us think like, yeah, well, there's this gift and it's great and there's this gift and I have this gift. I just have my gift. It's, it's not honorable, right? It's not, it's not attractive. It's not the cool gift. It's not the gift that, that I wanted or that, that everybody gets to have and I, I have this other gift. And that's why Paul has to go over his way to this, this church and say, hey, your gift is significant. Your gift was given to you by God. Your gifts are a masterpiece and you are a masterpiece and we are the body of Christ and we care for each other when we function in our gifting to take care of each other and bless each other and bless the world because that's how God designed us. So there are different kinds of spiritual gifts and we can't take those gifts for granted. We have to exercise those gifts and use those gifts, but those gifts are given to us by the Holy Spirit and we have to know that and trust that and believe that. Sometimes when you, when you give a gift, there's a little uh, agenda behind it, right? 
Maybe, maybe you, you've, you've been the person that bought your mom a waffle maker growing up, and you were like, Mom, I really like waffles. I hope maybe you could, you could make some of those for me, right? We, we, all, we all buy gifts sometimes. Maybe, maybe we don't want to go to a concert alone, so we gift our friend the other ticket so that we can have someone to go to and not look weird at a concert alone, right? But, but sometimes you, you give a gift, and there's an agenda, and God doesn't give gifts with an agenda, but God gives gifts with a purpose, when he, when he gives us a, a gift, it's, it's signing us up for a mission. It's inviting us into a mission, and it's inviting us to live for him, to honor him, and to use that gift. People, flawed people, sinful people have agendas. An agenda maybe we view as a negative thing, and, and nothing that God does lacks design or lacks purpose or lacks perfection. And so God gives gifts to call us into his purpose. God gives gifts to call us into mission. God gives gifts so that we can exercise those gifts and and use them. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. These gifts are all from the Holy Spirit, and we must use our spiritual gifts to glorify God and build the church. This is where it gets a little complicated. I worked that, uh, that sentence a little bit this week and thought about how we wanted to phrase that. And at first I said, we should, we should use our gifts, right? And then I thought, yeah, but should kind of leaves some, some room where we can say, oh, I should, but I can't right now. And sure, there are seasons of life and children and health and family and career. And there are moments that we feel we're thriving in our gifting. And there are other moments that we're like, you know what? I'm just, I'm surviving right now and getting by. But I want you to know that this statement is real, that we must use our spiritual gifts to glorify God and to build the church because God's glory is seen in you when you use your gift. Some of you have the gift of smiling. You have the gift of hospitality. You have the gift of welcoming. And every time that you don't smile, you're holding back someone seeing the the glory of God. And maybe you're, you're thinking, yeah, but I've always been the smiley person and I don't want to smile and I'm not always happy and I'm not telling you to be fake, but there, there are a lot of ways that we demean our gifts and we subtract our gifts and we say that our gift doesn't matter and we're, we're holding back people from seeing God in different ways and different snapshots. Each gift, each person, every time every gift is engaged and shown, someone gets a snapshot of God. And when we don't use our gifts, when we don't offer our gifts, when we don't show the world our gifts or function in our gifting or freely give our gifting, we're holding back snapshots of God from, from people. Someone told me this phrase this last year and I wrote it down in this moment, it stuck with me. They said, your gift isn't just in you, the gift is you, right? So there, there are two parts to our, our spiritual gifting. Some of you in the room are, are musical, and maybe you're not really using that, that musical gift. Some of you are public speakers. Some of you have the gift of hospitality. Some of you are great at working with children. Some of you have the gift of leadership, and you, you just thought, like, well, I, I can't use that, that gifting right now, or there's not really a fit, or it doesn't really work. And, and yes, your gifting and using your gift is a major part of your, your response to God, and we've already talked about that, but there's a, there's a whole other part to your, your gift. Whatever your gift is, wherever your gift is, you get to respond to God's goodness and and lay that at his feet and say, thank you for this gift, God. Thank you for uniquely making me a masterpiece. Thank you for designing me in the way that you wanted so that I could glorify you. And now I'm bringing this this, this gift back to you and I'm I'm laying it at your feet and I'm saying saying that this is my chance to respond to you and, and to worship you. 
And so this morning we're, we're, talking, about, we're talking about gifts. And, and yes, the attention is on your gifts. And yes, your gift has a purpose. And yes, your gift is needed. And yes, your gift is important. And yes, your gift fits in the body of Christ. But, but let's remove all of those things for a second, right? Imagine if your gift wasn't uniquely designed. Imagine if your gift didn't have purpose. Imagine if your gift didn't fit into the body of Christ. And imagine if your gift wouldn't be missed if it was used or not. Imagine if your gift was just one more gift and it was just something that, that, that kind of existed and we had a million of the exact same gift in the church. That's not the case, but just imagine. Follow me for a second, right? You would still have the ability to say, God, thank you for this gift. Thank you for the way that you've made me. Thank you for the way that you've chosen me and created me. Thank you for who you have made me to be. And I'm offering this back to you because it's a reflection of my heart. It's a reflection of my life. It's a reflection of what you've done in me. And I want to say thank you. And I want to say that you're worthy. And I want to worship you. And I want to respond. Your gift is, is about your gift, but it's not, it's not only about your gift. Sometimes the gift is about your response and how you respond to what God has invested in you. Sometimes the gift is you. And so we, we know that our spiritual gifts weren't just given for, for us, right? I think we, we know that. Some of us have the gift of leadership and we, we do a really good job of leading ourselves, right? We're the most organized person we know. We've got to-do lists and, and, and we graduated in like an hour and a half from college because we could take three classes at once and, and we were writing papers for other people because we're just that good and, and we know how to lead ourselves and we know how to discipline ourselves and, and yet that gift has never really gone outside of us. And we think like, well, if I'm just, if I'm doing some good leadership stuff and people look at me, I'm using, I'm using my gift. And I want you to know that your gift has to go outside of you. Your gift has to be used to, to bless others and to help the body of Christ. Your gift has to be given away in some way. Some of us are, are musical and, and we fill our time by singing in the shower and singing in the car. And, and we tell ourselves, I'm making a joyful noise to the Lord, Right? And you are, that's good, mostly, I, I think. I'm not in your car with you, but let's just say you sound good for the sake of, of this morning, right? But your gift was given for the sake of others. Your gift was given to bless others. And so you have to pour that gift out. You have to give that gift away. Your gift was given to you, but it wasn't given for you. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts. These gifts are all from the Holy Spirit. We must use our spiritual gifts to glorify God and, and build the church. Those are three really good statements, right? We could probably make a shirt that said those, or we could tweet those out from our church account. We could put those up on Facebook, and someone would, would share that and say, that's awesome, that's great. And yet, I think sometimes we, we neglect to really show those gifts. And so I've, I've got something that I, I want to show us today. How many of you have, uh, have ever played the game, game Jenga? Yes, yes, maybe, Okay. All right, Jenga is a, is a game. Uh, there's like some, uh, some little wooden blocks, some, some things that you uh, put down. We've got a, a way bigger version of Jenga here today. Thank you, Jared, for being my wonderful assistant. So good, so good. All right, I, uh, I was uh, thinking this week, I'm like, man, I wish I had a, a giant Jenga board so that we could show this illustration. And then I just kind of in a self-defeating attitude was like, well, that'll never happen. And someone in my group was like, 
hey, um, I got a giant Jenga board. You want me to bring it to, to movement group this week? And I was like, no, but I definitely want to steal that for Sunday morning, right? That was, that was how the body of Christ showed up for me this week because you would think like, I have a Jenga board. God can't use that. No, he absolutely can, all right? So everyone go buy one. But, but as we look at our, our gifts and we look at, at who we are, right? Jenga is a game where, where we've been taught that, hey, sometimes you just take out one of these pieces, right? So it's like, oh, this, this one. Yeah, yeah, this, one, this one's not needed, okay? So we just, we just remove it. And sometimes we do that with our gifts. We think like, well, yeah, I've got a lot going on and there's this whole big church and this whole big machine in the body of Christ. And let's be honest, this, this block doesn't matter, right? And so we remove that. Or sometimes it's not just us. Sometimes like that passage mentioned, we demean the gifts of other people. We look at other people's gifts and we think like, yeah, you're like row three, block two. Nobody cares about that, right? This is the one that's important up here. And and so sometimes we, we insult our gifts or we insult the gifts of others and we think like, ah, oh, this gift isn't needed. I can, I can take that one out. This, this gift's not important and we think it doesn't matter. And you can see what's happening here. The whole structure is compromised. The whole structure is a little bit weaker. The whole structure is not what it was before when every gift isn't present. And sometimes it's, it's easy to, to do that, right? Because we've had a long, hard season and and maybe at some point, someone told us that our gift didn't matter. Someone told us that our gifts weren't significant. And so we just think like, yeah, well, I'm just going to remove them then. They just don't, it's, it's not what it, it, it doesn't matter right now. It's too stressful. Someone told me I, I, I had drama in my previous church or I don't want to be defined just by that. I don't want to serve. I don't want to give. And so we remove our gifts and we take them away and, and we compromise God's masterpiece. We compromise what God is trying to do because he's gifted each one of us. So I just want to ask you simply this morning, how are you honoring God with what he's given you? How are you building his church and glorifying him with the things he's given you? And I'm not talking about just volunteering at Movement Church. That's a significant way that you can use your gifts. But how are you using the way that he has made you so that the world can see Jesus? And specifically, how are you using that to build his church? We often talk down to our gifts. We talk down to the gifts of others. We, we look past our gifts and we say we're too busy. And I wish someone would come to me when they, when they would finally say like, man, my life is just so boring. I have nothing going on, right? That's, that's probably not going to happen. And so we have to find a way to, to put our gifts into these situations and to build the church and, and to let God move and, and use the way that he's made us. How are you reflecting God's gifting in your life? How are you reflecting that God has made you a masterpiece? Let's pray together. God, thanks for this morning. Thank you for making each of us a masterpiece. Thank you for the way that you have gifted us. And thank you for the way you have called us to use our gifts. God, there's not a doubt in my mind that there are many gifts in this room that, that are going unused. God, sometimes we, we've been told by other people that we don't matter, that our gifts don't matter. God, we have to reprogram our minds and reprogram our hearts that we matter to you and, and you've called us on mission and you've called us to specific ministry. And so help us to live that out today. Help us to respond today and honor you in our gifting, in our personality, in our passions and in our unique design. God, I pray you'll speak to us as we continue to worship. Speak to us and show us how you want us to use our gifts, how you want us to be uniquely yours, and how you want us to thrive and build your church and glorify you. God, 
God, thanks for today and thanks for a chance to worship together. So in your name I pray, amen.